Hi, welcome back to Kylie Says. I am so, so excited for the interview that I have for you today. I'm talking to Kim Salter of Design Thoughts Studio, and Kim is a clairvoyant medium, an intuitive guide, and an EFT practitioner, which means emotional freedom technique. And what Kim does is she does intuitive guidance sessions or intuitive readings, forecasts, if you will, to help you get clarity on things like career, relationships, money, family, self, and she really reads your energy to help you better understand what this path for yourself might do, or might be rather. She also is a medium, so she can connect with loved ones who may have passed. And she is just fabulous. I actually came across her on another podcast where she was being interviewed, and I immediately went to her website and booked an intuitive forecast reading for myself for one hour. I was so connected with her and what she was saying and the messages that came through that I was just an immediate fan. I started following her on her social platforms and have just been literally a fangirl ever since. During our intuitive forecast session, she actually you know, offered to be a guest on my podcast, which I could not have been more thrilled about. And we talk about so many things on this podcast today. If you're at all interested in what it's like being an intuitive guide or being a clairvoyant medium, we talk about all of that. We talk about the different type of clairs, clairauditory, I don't know, I'm butchering that, but we talk about how she's helping guide people on their own intuitive path. The very first time that she was in Starbucks in line behind a woman and she felt that woman's grandmother who had passed and told her about it and what happened afterwards. Um, she teaches us how and talks about how to separate our fear voice from our intuitive voice. And we talk about things like how to find a good mentor and a coach and what comes along with that. We talk about um, how you can trust yourself, parenthood, energy, the importance of breath work and how to celebrate your clarity and do your research and trust and just trust and how the universe is all guiding us in our own unique ways if we actually become aware of how to follow what that path might look like. And we talk a lot about how she became aware that this was that these gifts were innately within her from a very young age at the age of three and then how she moved forward with her gifts and how her parents responded to them which largely shaped her willingness to continue to learn and experiment we also talk about if you are intuitive or believe that you have some of these gifts which we all do but it takes it takes a certain person to actually become aware to them and start listening to the signs what side of your family it's likely to be on which aligned perfectly with me so if you are interested in any of those topics you absolutely have to listen to this because it is such a mind-blowing conversation and there is so much information in here again i will put all of her information in the show notes so if you're interested in booking a session with her please do and i hope that you do because it was such a positive experience for me and she is so thoughtful and purposeful in her conversations and engagements and she is all about connecting with women and helping them identify what makes them their best selves and where there might be room for improvements shifts or additional growth opportunities 
Thanks so much for tuning in and I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Yay. Okay. So I am so, so I've said this a hundred times in email, but truly <laughs> I really am so thankful and honored to have had you even offer to come and join me for a conversation. Oh I feel like I was totally guided to you through AG's podcast. Yeah. Like that felt very, that felt very aligned to me. I've seen and heard from other people that I listen to on podcasts, but not once have I felt that calling that I felt after listening to you and AG where I literally went to your site and booked with you that day because you just felt authentic and real to me. And as this topic becomes more mainstream, at least in maybe it's because of my awareness. So I'm noticing it more, but to me, I feel like there's, you have to be careful of where you're putting your energy and attention to. And you just felt uh, the only word I can come up with is like authentic to me. Just how you spoke and how you covered topics with AG, it just felt very aligned with who I want to be associating with. So when you offered to join me, I was so excited and I have been so nervous to just have this conversation because I I look up to you and I'm just very honored to have you here. Oh, I'm just so grateful that you had me on. I love nothing more. I said this to you when I was like, if you want me to come on, I'll definitely come on. I have such a heart connection to conversation with women. Like, I feel like this is so necessary and I just love it so much for, thank you for letting me be a part of this space. I love it. hundred percent. And I know what you do, but I don't know much about your backstory, mm-hmm. but I want to start there because I think for people like me who are in this phase where we're very much in this, I'm in my spiritual awakening exploratory phase right now. And yeah. I had the most alignment and synchronicities, which is what you had told me I would start to see in our session, like appearing for me over the last few months, truly. Yeah. But how did you come into this place where you're like, these are my gifts and I'm meant to do this. And I need to start now. Like when did this begin for you? So I think probably like most of the people that are listening and also just sort of starting on this road or even those that have been on it for just a little bit, it's so layered, right? There's so many different levels to this, but I have been connected emotionally to vibration around me since I was so little. I can't remember a time that I wasn't. Um, so just for the people listening, I am a clairvoyant medium and I'm also an intuitive coach and an EFT practitioner. So we'll talk about all of those things. Um, but when I was little, I was the sensitive kid. I used to come home from kindergarten and tell my mom that I knew that certain kids that I sat next to came from a really scary home. And she would ask me how I knew that. And I would say I could feel it. So like the language has been there in a very intermediate, I mean, uh, basic way since I was little. But of course, back then, it wasn't even talked about. Intuitive, psychic, none of that was talked about. It was just, I was a very sensitive little girl. I cried all the time. I was worried all the time. Now I can look back and I know it's because I was so empathic, right? I was, had this teeny little body and 
was filtering all these energies around me since the time I was so little. And it was just a lot. Um, I talk about this in other podcasts or other times I share my story that in elementary school, I cried every single morning from kindergarten until second grade when my mom or dad would drop me off because I knew that I was walking into so much overwhelm that it was just too much for me. And then in second grade is when my mom put me in dance and I started to move my little body in a way that was independent of my sister. We were in gymnastics since we were little, but it was different. This was like my thing, moving my body, doing it independent of my sister. This was my thing. And it changed. It literally changed how I show up in this world. So learning you know, even at the time though, I didn't have the language, neither did, nobody did, neither did my mom, that moving my body would help with this anxiousness, which actually translated into feeling everybody else's emotions, but it, it helped greatly. Um, then when I was about nine, um, a very significant thing happened, which is when I was in my room sleeping, I woke up to a spirit of a man standing in my bedroom And, um, I called for my mom and she came in and was not, you know, I say this to everybody and I wish that everybody could really hear it, that if a child comes to you and says they see something or experience something, start with, I believe you. Even if you don't understand, I was in a home where I was so believed and I always knew I was believed. I always knew that my family believed me. So I didn't question that part of it. Um, but from that experience, my mom ended up giving me, uh, my grandpa Vern's world war two ring to tie on my bedpost. And she told me that because it kept him safe. Anytime I feel that ever again, I can put my finger through that ring that was tied onto my bed with a blue ribbon and tell whatever it is that's in my room that they're not welcome there. So, That was like when I was nine or 10. And although I still wasn't in conversation with my mom, it's not like she said, you're a medium or I didn't know what this was, but I was raised in a family where my grandma used to talk about seeing ghosts and it was just, it was talked about. We were taught that, you know, mother earth has a frequency and a vibration. Anytime we can get out into the world, into mother earth, um, we can sort of start to alleviate some of our anxiety. When I say our, it's me and my sister. It can Mm -hmm. calm us. So it wasn't spoken about specifically, but it was just this general idea that everything's connected. So I'm blessed in that way that I had a really, really supportive um, upbringing. But fast forward to my 20s. This is where it's always funny to me. I moved to New York with my husband. I was um, an interior designer. That's what I went to school for. I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts at an art school. Uh, major in interior design, um, minor in, uh, well, BFA, Bachelor of Fine Arts with a minor in interior design. And while I was in New York is when this really started to open up. I really was around a lot of people, obviously, in the city. I could feel a lot of things happening. I tell this story a lot, but I'm going to tell it again, that uh, at one point I was on um, Broadway, uh, the street, in a Starbucks, And I walked in and there was a girl standing in front of me and I could feel and sense her grandmother who had passed around her. And this was before I ever worked with any mentor. I never had any guidance. I didn't know about spiritual consent. I didn't know anything. I just knew that I could see things and I could sense things. 
And I had 100% thought that every single person in the world would want to hear these messages. And I just tapped on her shoulder and was like, did your grandmother die? She's standing behind you. She was wearing a red jacket and she even told me her name. And the girl looked at me as one would, like I was crazy. She started crying and she ran out of Starbucks. And I was like, who would want to talk to their grandma? Like it didn't even dawn on me at that moment that I had done, that I had crossed a boundary. I really was like, why wouldn't she want to hear from her? So I've learned a lot since then, a lot. Um, So I that probably comes into your projectorness a bit too of where, you know, that invitation in the right way is going to be beneficial towards that encounter yeah. towards that, you know, that yeah. exchange of whatever it is. Yeah. It is wild. really too though for everyone. This is if you sit with me in one-on-one coaching and we talk about sort of igniting your spiritual abilities the very first thing we talk about is spiritual consent. So it's like using your intuition for self always first. But if messages or anything comes up for anyone else, there is a door there that has to be opened by the other person. And the only way that that is ethical is if you ask them for consent. Are you open to hearing? And they get to say yes or no. And so, you know, we grow and we learn. And I always love to start with that because I didn't know that back then, which is so interesting. So what happened next? Like after that period, I assume that that moment made you take a step back and think, you know, did I do something wrong? You would think so, wouldn't you? (laughs) You would think so. But truly, (laughs) I truly, I was like, God, it's so interesting. Why would, uh, again, remember I was like early twenties, yeah. right, mid twenties. So I was very self-focused and very like in the city. And I was like, that's wild. I can't believe she wouldn't want to hear that. But it did start to help me think about like, not that I thought everybody had access to this ability, but I was like, not everybody's open to this. Interesting. But at the time I wasn't practicing any of this. I It was just part of who I was. I was working for an architect in Manhattan, and I did that for years. I was 27 when we moved there, and we didn't move to Nashville until we were 35. So I was an interior designer all the way up until I was 35, 34, 35. So I went full force in interior design. I loved doing it, loved being in the city. And this was only just sort of on the back burner of just part of my personality. I I did not focus on this at all. So it was interesting. So I'm trying to give you the shortened version because there's a lot of layers. But fast forward to when I became a mom. So we were still in New York. I was 33. My mom had passed away when I was 24. And so when I became a motherless mother, it opened up a huge space of grieving for me. And I met some other moms in New York while I was there as I was moving through this. And one of them had told me about a motherhood circle. And she asked if I was interested in going. I had no clue what that was. She's like, it's just women who are moms. We sit around in a circle and we share and we are held. And I was like, yes, please, right? Like, sure. And so I showed up to that. And that's where I really started to look at energy and frequency and how I was connected in. I started to see sort of how my abilities were a little bit different than others. And that's also where I was introduced to EFT tapping. 
um, which helped me move through my grieving. And when I learned EFT, emotional freedom technique, I was like, I have to teach every woman I know this tool. Um, and even still, I didn't go into energy work for another six years after that. So, oh, wow. yeah, I stayed. That moment, because what I hear when you talk about being it going, you know, okay, this person asks, do you want to come to this mother circle? You could have said yes or no. Yeah. Do you think that that was the invitation that you needed to start your awareness about? Yeah. Which back, like, was that the invitation that kind of helped change the trajectory of your life? Yes, I've had many. And that was definitely the start of it. Because when I was in circle, anybody that's listening that's ever been a part of a sisterhood circle or motherhood circle or a women's circle, any type of circle where as women, not only do we get to hold space for others, but we are also held. It's something that's missing really truly outside of circle. And so in those moments, I was able to be held exactly where I was with no judgment, with no, with no like um, being put on a pedestal and no judgment, right? It's neutral. Everyone is there just to hear and be heard. And it was such a life altering, for sure, life altering um, opportunity because everything started to change after that, for sure. So can you explain to me a bit more? I kind of want to go, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. I yeah. uh, I hadn't heard some of that before. So that's just a crazy, it's so strange to me that we have the ability to almost like look forward about what we want, or I'm sorry, look back at what yeah. has happened. But when we look forward, it's very much like we're creating these visions about where we want to go. But looking yeah. back, it's like, oh, if I had only had this insight then, I find like that time not being linear is like one of those things that is just such a strange concept to me. But so can you explain what EFT is and means and what it does? And sure. then I want to dive into a little bit about what clairvoyant mediumship like means and what yeah. gifts look like sure. and how, like, how does that, how did you come to be able to say, Oh, wow. Like, because I know that you and AG talk about all the Claire's and I don't remember them, but I think clairvoyant okay. is you can hear things or is that you can see things. See, so clear viewing, oh, clear audio yep. is hearing things, right? Hearing, yeah. Okay. So yeah, clairvoyant is clear viewing, like voyeur, like clear viewing, um, clear cognizant. You can think of like cognizant, you know, cognizant learning, like your brain, that's clear knowing. Clear sentient is clear sensing. So that's when you just sense what's happening. Um, and then clear audio is, yeah, clear hearing. Um, so yeah, so let's start with the tapping piece. So EFT tapping is emotional freedom technique, and it is a beautiful energetic modality that uses tapping on acupressure points, like literally tapping your fingers on acupressure points um, throughout your body as you speak a script. And what it does is it removes and starts to move energetic blocks that are created anytime we um, experience trauma, big or small trauma. So anytime we experience trauma, our amygdala flips, which ignites our fight or flight response. Anytime our fight or flight response is activated, we create an energetic block in our body. And so since our body doesn't decipher between big and small trauma, even if someone cuts you off in traffic and you're like... <gasps> You've created a small energetic block. 
And so if we're not clearing those blocks, we have um, uh, extra anxiousness. We can feel overwhelmed very, very quickly. If we're not doing work on releasing those energetic blocks, then our system can get full. And it is one of the things, I'm going to interject this here, that I have heard the most over the last two years is that people are feeling like their energy system is full, like they are at the the top of the top, like they are exhausted, overwhelmed, extra anxiousness. I've experienced it myself as well. And it's really a place of, I always tell my clients, I want you to think about it as either our body can hold on to it or our words and other energy work can take it out of our body so it can be alchemized into energy outside of us. So we either hold the energy within us or we take it out of us. Mm -hmm. And so EFT tapping is what I offer. But of course, you can do this with acupressure, with um, body work, with Reiki. There's a lot of different ways to do it. The one thing that I love the most about EFT tapping is that once you learn it, you can do it yourself. You don't have to do it with a practitioner. It's just learning the system of it. And you can use it at any time to remove energetic blocks. And it's really such a beautiful modality. I almost feel, so I've seen a lot about EFT tapping Mm -hmm. and I almost feel like I've been afraid to try it. Like I have a fear of trying it because I don't know what will come up for me when I'm in the process of doing it because I've done all of this other work of like cold turkey, my eating disorder and like all of these other things that like, okay, I've worked through that. But some of the like shadow work that I'm doing now and like the inner child work are bringing up things that I'm like, I actually don't know that I'm totally like, I'm slowly like chipping away at this ice block that is like all of these blockages and like areas where I'm learning, okay, I have like a resistance to this or I'm listening to some podcast and thinking like, wow, this person just must be so lucky, but I don't know if that could happen for me and having to retrain my thoughts. Like, yeah, this could absolutely happen for me. Like, and so I think that for me, for some reason, the tapping feels like I have a fear response to it because I think it might work (laughs) well almost where I feel like I need to almost build myself up to get to a level where I'd be comfortable experiencing that and being in a place where I wouldn't just be sitting there being like, okay, is this ridiculous or is this actually serving a purpose? Or if I'm in that place of, okay, this is working for me of becoming overwhelmed with like emotion and release. Mm -hmm. And while I don't want to be holding on to things, when I've been doing more research into EFT, that's where I have had personal resistance is because I do, I go see an acupressurist right now. Yeah. Um, the pain I have in like my neck and shoulder and I, he's called the sleeper and put in the back room because he's so great that he will literally put people to sleep because yeah. he's just very, he's like rough, but gentle, but in the best yeah. way possible. Yeah. But for me, that's, I do have like a slight resistance to EFT where like mm-hmm. some of the other forms of spirituality for me, like call me more specifically right yeah. now. And that's more like the mediumship and like the intuitive guidance. And yeah. I just find like, for some reason, mediums have always been a draw for me personally, mm-hmm. simply because my grandma loved like reading all of the books about mediums. I can't think of the one lady who became like super famous for it. 
Um, Sylvia Brown, probably yeah. if it was your grandma. Yeah. That, okay. It's so like the old school. I was obsessed with her, like had all of her books. And when she passed yeah. away, like I took some of those books and she would like write notes in the corner. And before my grandma passed away, she would tell me that she used to see a man in the mirror and that it like scared her because she didn't recognize him and didn't know who he was. And yeah. I always believed her. And then like yeah. shortly after my Reiki session is when my mom had told me that her mom's sister like used to have visions before things happened. Like I might've mentioned this to you on our call where she said her grandson was on the porch and she said she brought him in the house because she saw horses trampling the porch and they like didn't live immediately by any horses, but she wow. just like saw it happening. And shortly after horses trampled the porch because they got out of like some enclosure and yeah. that happened. And so I didn't know any of those things until I had brought up to my mom, like my Reiki session, you know, was impactful for me in these ways. Yeah. And then I'm thinking back, like my grandma was able to do some of this, but she didn't really talk about it. And so I feel like it's, I feel like you become more aware of these sorts of things when you have a family history of it. Absolutely. Or it's drawn to you at a certain time when you're supposed yeah. to start exploring it more. But I would love to hear more about your, like, just how you, I guess also the labels, like, how do you determine that this is the right label for you? Like clairvoyant medium is the right label for you yeah. because of these gifts. Like, can you talk to yeah. me more about what that is? And also sure. jointly, like if someone were looking to do a session with a medium, like what they could look to explore with you and some of the answers that they might. Yeah. Like, let me, I'm going to back up for a second though, and go right. back to tapping for a second, go right. back to the yeah. EFT for just a moment. You had said that you're worried, you're worried to maybe to dive into that. And it's actually a common, um, fear that people come in with because they're afraid that if they open the dam, they won't be able to close it again. Yes. And so the one thing that I want to clear up is that tapping absolutely we can go deep fast if somebody is ready for that but if you and I were doing tapping and you shared that fear with me what we would tap on the first session is that fear we wouldn't go into your traumatic past we wouldn't go into the deep deep things especially because there's a layer that could be cleared so much easier we wouldn't go under that layer and go right to like childhood we would say okay let's our our goal here is to give you a little bit more energetic space, period. Not to solve big problems if that's not what you want to do. If it is what you want to do, then that's what we do. But it's in general to clear more energetic space. And so one thing that people can do if they look up EFT and even something that you can start with is just tapping on the points. And you can just look up EFT tapping points and it will come up with the points online and just start to tap on the points and speak what you see. How's your body feeling today? How was your morning? Did things go the way that you wanted them to? You can do positive and negative. One is EFT activation, which is like tapping with mantras, which is a beautiful way to also release energy and then sort of input a new frequency. So you would speak the mantra that works best for your frequency and your vibration and you would tap on your um, EFT points. The other one is to clear. So oftentimes, even if I'm just like frustrated with my family, I will stand at my sink, like as I'm like, you know, doing kitchen stuff and just literally be like, oh my God, why am I so frustrated? I'm feeling like I want to kill everyone, like and tap on the point. So it doesn't have to be so sort of 
dramatic and deep down. When you sit with a um, well-trained EFT practitioner, part of their job is to hold the space where you are at and not take you further than what you're ready for. So there's levels to that. So I just wanted to make sure everybody hears that because it's such a beautiful modality. Okay, so fast forward into what you were talking about with, is just curious, is your grandma on your mom's side? Did you yes. say? So it's known that typically the mother's side carries that magical gene, right? So it's known that most of the time, if you are showing up intuitive or you've accessed your intuition, everybody has access to it. I always explain it like it's a sense, just like smelling and taste and touch. So everybody has the ability, but we have to create the access to it. And so typically when I sit with people, I've been doing this now for 12 years. And in general, um, most of the people that come in can trace it on their mom's side. Oh, so wow. It's really a beautiful thing. So that I love it that it's your grandma on your mom's side. Mm -hmm. um, so you had asked me how, what is the label or what is the title? How did that yeah, happen? So I guess, I guess I feel like there are just so many different labels for, okay, I'm a medium, but I'm a clairvoyant medium or I'm, I just feel like, I guess, and this is maybe a more selfish question as I'm like going through my own exploration, yeah. of like trying to figure out what are my gifts because I know that I have intuition and I feel like I definitely have more of like the sense. Yeah. Like, I can meet someone one time and have like a pretty decent sense of like, I think that there's insecurities here. I think this, like I, I can yeah. get a sense of like who they are, strengths, weaknesses by yeah. very minor interaction. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like, I follow a lot of people on social media that have all of these different like labels, like intuitive guide, healer, all of these things like medium, I guess my question is like, how do you determine what you want to externally put out there? Because I assume for you, you probably are a lot more things than just like a clairvoyant medium, uh, you know, intuitive guide, like all of those things are true, but yeah. how do you come to identify that that is the right way to externalize what yeah. your gifts encompass? Yeah. There's, I love that question because it's such a journey that's unique to everyone. You can apps, anybody can Google the Claire's mm -hmm. and you can absolutely figure out like what you're drawn to. We all have all of them. And so it takes time to get to a place where you start to notice what is at the forefront. So I am claircognizant, clairsentient, but clairvoyant first. How do I know that? I know that because I see things like a movie and it comes through very, very clear. Oh, wow. I also can walk into a old house and sense what has happened there in great detail. I can go onto a battlefield and sense, get information that's not clairvoyant, but claircognizant. I know what happened there with names and dates and stuff like that, oh, wow. but it's not what is the, at the forefront for me. So the one thing that I think is super important is that it's a really, really important space to start to understand that it's our human side that needs to make sense of the label and it needs to make sense of that external because we are human, right? Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about anything that has to do with our abilities of tuning in, we're talking about energy. And so energetics are very fluid. And so 
one of the main things that I learned very early on is not to stay too connected to titles and roles, but to trust the information that's coming through. So it's the same reason why I can say that I believe in God and I can also say I believe in source. Mm-hmm. It's just semantics to me. It's just semantics. So if somebody came to me and said, why do you call yourself an intuitive guide? Aren't you actually psychic? I would say, yeah, you could use either word. I'm not married or attached to any of the titles. And I think that's the most important thing. I'm more concerned with the vibration that I add to this world. So for me, the best way to describe what I can offer and what I put out into this world. So the human version of us, which we all have, can connect with it is to give some titles to that. But if they change, I'm okay with that. So I know that for me, um, intuitive guide felt better to me because I'm doing more like energetic blueprints and helping people ignite their own intuition, not so much reading the future. Uh So to me, but this is all just my own experience, a psychic, if it's just titled psychic to me, it has a different meaning than an intuitive guide. I help people ignite their own intuition so they have their own deep knowing. But it took me years and years and years, and this is ever evolving, to get to a point where I could put this into my business, right, and put it out into the world because I first had to trust self. And so I would encourage you and anybody else sort of in this awakening to worry less about the title and worry less about like, what is my gift? What is my ability? and more focusing on the actual ability, right? So starting to notice and activate and acknowledge every time you have that deep knowing of like being able to read someone, right? Like if you meet someone and you're like, ooh, they're genuine, I can tell, right? That, that deep knowing, that's a clear cognizant, right? And so you just start to make little tick marks of like, you know what? Most of the time when I meet someone, I can read them immediately. Now you can absolutely start to say like, did I feel who they were and also see their grandma come through? Then that would be medium because we know people who are mediums are connecting in with the frequency or vibration of loved ones who have passed. So medium is a little bit easier because you either access that or you don't, right? So that's a little bit easier. But I put everybody into the category of intuitive and there's just different levels into How connected to your intuition are you? How connected are you to that deep knowing, either for yourself or others? It has to start with trust with self. We have to trust internally first before we can expect anybody exterior to trust us fully. And so it's just a, it's a crazy journey. Yeah. Because I feel like, especially, I think you hit the nail on the head, at least for me, when you were talking about, and this is also something that I feel like in our session, you had said to me is like, let, you need to let go of the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I have been focusing on that, like, very, very specifically lately, because I have realized since our conversation, like, wow, I am very attached to what the yeah. expectation the outcome is going to be. And I have to catch myself constantly. And I think yeah. the title, the reason why I asked is because it's, to me, it's like an assignment that you're giving that's like this specialty. And it also is like, I've always been one of those people, which is why I think the projectorness is kind of spot on for me, who it's like, I can understand the others, 
Mm-hmm. But when it comes to myself and my own purpose, I consistently am searching for like what that is. Yeah. And I, when I've been reading more about human design, I just found that very intriguing because if you ask yeah. one of my closest friends, they'll be like, I feel like you have a really great sense of who you are. Like, yeah, you know, you are who you are and this, you know, no yeah. whole part and you're, you know, it's this and that. But internally, like when it goes deeper than that, mm-hmm. there is a lot of like that questioning. So that's just, it's interesting that you said that to let go of the labels, because I think that is such a good lesson for everyone. And it doesn't have to just be assigned to like what your intuition or what your gifts are, but just in general, like coming into who you are and trusting self and also trusting that, like I was listening to a Gabby Bernstein um, podcast this morning and it was just like, let go in knowing that you no longer are solely responsible for whatever's going to happen. And like put yeah. the trust out there that like you are going to be guided and yeah. you'll be where you're meant to be and you'll hear what you're meant to hear. Yeah. And even since we last spoke, and I think I emailed you about this, like I've had all of these new angel numbers just start appearing for me in all of these different ways. Like yeah. we went to Super Bowl and our boarding number and it was 1122 has like those two numbers have been the ones I've been seeing the most because that was the date that I started this podcast, 11, 22, 22, oh without even knowing. Of course. It. Yeah. And then that actually became like, I became aware of that number during yeah. our conversation. And I was like, okay, that's very strange. Like, you know, I'm aware of this now. It's a huge manifestation. Yeah. That really aligned with like what I'm trying to do, like connecting to others, having alignment and trusting my intuition. Yeah. And I did that. And then on the way to Super Bowl, when my husband and I went to Arizona, I think his boarding number was 22, but mine was 23. So I was like, okay, well, there's a 22. And on the way home, mine was 11. And I was like, oh my okay, gosh. Well, that's sure strange. And then like, I went on a walk and the mileage was 2.12. And it's, yeah. and then recently when my son woke up in the middle of the night, it happened to be 444. Of and course. Like, yeah. I'm finding all of these new like I'm more aware of these new signs that are coming yeah. to me that are like really pointing me in the yeah. right path and the right direction. Yeah. Um, I One question that I have for you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, I always tell people, I think we talked about this too, that, you know, people talk about angel numbers so much right now. It's really, you know, prevalent and people always wonder like what they mean. And you just spoke it so beautifully. It's like, it's an acknowledgement that you're on the right path. If, if you can't get any other information for yourself from it, it is a, a it's an acknowledgement of like, you're doing it. You're, you're in the right space. You're going the right way. And I love that. It's just like a little piece of external support for us, right? Of like, okay, yeah, which I love. And just like the trust yourself aspect of it. Mm-hmm. One, one question that I have for you going back to medium, like the medium yeah. side of things do you, are you ever talking with anyone, like, let's say our conversation right now, where you feel like something is coming through and it, you have a hard time not voicing it to them? No, because let me tell you why. For years I did, okay. but I've worked with some of the best mentors and I have honed my craft. So I have very, very strong and strict boundaries about what comes through for me, the only time, the only time I tune in or tap into the medium side of things is if I am in a specific medium reading. 
Otherwise, I would be, and this happened to me for years, walking through a grocery store and feeling when a mom had lost her baby and walking through, you know, a library and feeling a couple that, you know, seeing a man who just went through divorce or like I could feel everything and I could start to see and feel everyone's loved ones around them. And it just it drained my energy. One of my mentors taught me, you know, this is like, you need to make sure that you have a plug at the bottom of your energy tank that you allow to be open at some points. So energy can flow through you and you keep it closed when it's going too fast. Like there's so many different ins and outs to protect energy. Mm -hmm. So as a medium, it's something that I, really, really protect. And I absolutely only access it when I'm in a medium reading because I have found again, but it took me years to figure out what that had to look like and feel like. Yeah. Right. So sometimes I would just open it up because it would be fun. I'd be like, okay, let's see who I see at the grocery store today. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to actually grow my business and sit with multiple clients a day, per week, per month, and yeah. have group medium readings and, and really be immersed in this life, it was way too much for me to have it turned on outside of the container of my business. I'm it's sure. just, it's too much energy. Yeah. So you mentioned mentors and I think that mm-hmm. that's like one area that I'd love to hone in a bit more because I'm definitely feeling that I'm in the space for like I, I'm in the feeling of like, I am needing to be coached or trained or like, yeah. I need to be like chiseled a bit more into like yeah. what I know I'm being drawn towards. Yeah. And like there were two things that just recently, um, happened or like that I recently came across that were like, okay, come join this coaching session. But I mm-hmm. didn't do it for either of them, even though like one felt yeah. a little bit more right than the other. And then it's like, it, is feels like a lot of money and it's like yeah how do you identify mm-hmm. and like understand where your like where you should be putting your yeah. energy efforts and finances when it comes to honing your skills yeah a couple of things that are so important to know here one when you're first starting out you will make mistakes you will give money to the wrong people and but i guarantee you you will take something away from it I don't know one person who is further sort of on the line that hasn't invested at least some sort of money in something that didn't work or didn't make sense to them after they got into the group. But this goes back to trusting self, right? You have to be able to, when you see an offer. So let's take, for example, the two offers you've been looking at. This is, first of all, let me back up. The mentors that I've worked with is exactly the reason why I am now a mentor, because it really did change my experience. I learned things that no one else would know. And it's, it's how I, it's the information that I share online also, because I feel like everybody should have this information, right? And so it's one of the reasons why I also became a coach mentor. But let's say you have two offers that you're looking into and you're feeling into. You have to be able to sit for a moment, take a deep breath in. And there's two different things you can do here. You can absolutely start with what is my fear telling me about both of these offers? 
let's just get the fear up and out. What are my fears? Is it too much money? Does it seem like a lot of money? What if I pay the money and it's not a good fit? What if I make a wrong choice, right? Because I can't do both. Let's just say that's the narrative. Perfect. Let's look at that. Let's send it love and let's set it aside for a moment. And now let's tune into the intuition. What's my intuition saying about this? Taking a deep breath in and saying like, okay, my intuition tells me if it were a little bit less, I would absolutely do it. My intuition is telling me that it's a full body. Yes, but I'm a little bit nervous about the money. My intuition is telling me it's not quite time yet, but that doesn't mean that it won't come back around. And really starting to go through separating fear from intuition, because if we don't do that, at least in the beginning, we won't know the difference in our body between our intuitive pull and our fear voice. Because fear voice will sound like, you're getting deeper into this. You need somebody to help you. You need to just say yes to this. And why aren't you already saying yes? That internal dialogue will start cycling. And then it will go into scarcity if if the money story hasn't been nurtured yet. So we have to start to give ourselves a little bit more. You hear me talk about this a lot, energetic space. And one of the ways to do that, one of the ways, is to separate fear voice from intuitive voice around anything that you're trying to decide. And then you can, it's only to get more data, right? You might not still have a a decision made after that, but you'll certainly have more data. That's one way. The other way is to allow yourself to give yourself permission. I always start with the money part because when people are first starting out, that's usually what holds them back. It's usually, do I have the money to invest here? What if my investment doesn't pay off? That scarcity mindset, which is okay, because before you work at this, you have to start to look and determine the difference between like a money story, a scarcity mindset, and is your intuition saying, I can't trust this person. And so I always tell people to do their research. If you, if you don't know for sure, then I want you to look at their social media, look at their reviews, look at the comments that people make that have worked with them. Do your research just like old school. Like, And every single time you read something, do you trust it? Remember, that doesn't mean that this means you have to do it if you trust them. It okay. means you're collecting more data. And so a lot of people think that they should just know right away. And yes, if you've been training yourself and teaching yourself how to trust your intuition, certainly your intuition is going to pull you one way or the other. But if you're not fully trusting yourself yet, you won't trust either decision. You won't trust a no and you won't trust a yes. And then you're left with what feels like being stuck, right? So if you're being drawn to a person and you're not at the level yet that you can feel authentically aligned with investing the, you know, $2,000, $4,000, $6,000 for their mentorship, then do a little bit more research. Do they have a smaller offering? Can you work with them one hour at a time? Can you, do they offer anything else? Try them out first, just like you would a restaurant, just like you would anything else. Uh Consume a little bit more of what they offer before you make the big investment. Because you want to make sure that if you're making the big investment, quote unquote, big investment for mentorship, then you want to be all in with excitement, not with they better prove that this is worth it to me. Totally. 
Because if it's, if it's a, I need them to prove that this is worth it, you're not ready yet. You have to be able to jump in with excitement and really be like, no matter what, this will pay off for me because I will learn something here. And so I always, always tell people that if you haven't worked with them at all before, but they have a huge following online and you can't decide if you want to jump into mentorship, go down a couple notches or go down a couple of offerings and do something that's less expensive to see if you like their teaching style, if you are aligned with their guidance, if, if it feels good to you. That is such good advice because I feel like, I kind of feel like I'm in that period of, I haven't totally trusted myself yet, but I'm really starting to like turn those gears towards the car yeah. all the way. But yeah. I think that that's where my hesitation comes from is like, am I willing to invest in myself this way? And yeah. then like, am I willing to do what comes next? So I think my answer right now is kind of like, no, but I'm on the path towards getting yeah. there. And how exciting is, is that? Like, that's so exciting. I always am like, how free. So first of all, you got to make sure, and I say you, but I mean anyone listening, that if you can get to that clarity, I hope and pray that you are celebrating yourself. Like celebrate yourself for knowing yourself so well at that level to just be like, oh my gosh, you know what? Actually, this doesn't feel 100% aligned in my body yet. So it's going to be a no for now, but how freaking exciting that I'm moving closer and closer and closer to it. Mm-hmm. We have to be our own cheerleaders, right? It's like, got to that place. That's how you start to create more trust with self. If your body is like, I feel scared yeah. and there's no way to align it. If we can show up to our imprint, our energetic imprint that says like, not quite yet and say like, it's okay, sweet girl. If it's a no, it's okay. If it's a no, it'll come back around and maybe you'll be ready then. It's okay. How exciting that you even considered it. If you look back three years ago, you probably wouldn't have even considered it, right? So I want to always make sure to guide people to like, are you taking a moment to like appreciate her? Like that version that's even like, oh, maybe I should get a mentor. Oh my God, how brave is she? Like how freaking brave is she? That's how I feel. That is such a good reminder. Yeah. For anyone, I think just like, and I think I wrote this down and I started three times, celebrate your clarity because- I do feel like as women, as moms, it's inherent to question yourself, especially oh, now that the comparisons are so prevalent across social yeah. media and just everywhere that you yeah. look. And like, for me, a lot of that comparison comes to like physical appearance of like, mm-hmm. oh, they bounced back or this, like that, because that's where my deep rooted issues yeah lie in like feeling good enough, feeling seen, feeling, you know, recognized. And so when I see other people that have it, it's easier now for me not to just feel like that instantly means that I am lacking something because it doesn't. But now I can like celebrate other women's like the fact that their bodies are different than mine. Like that's awesome. Like for them and not feel this like sense of self-hatred as a result. But I have also started to kind of shift who I follow and the messages that they're putting out there. It's so important. That's so important. Try to align like what I'm, what I'm downloading 
Yeah. And I do start to notice sometimes like at night. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll, I've been getting like a little ping about like, maybe I should stop drinking. And mm-hmm. I did stop drinking for like 30 days. It was great. It was yeah. Great. But I also am someone that once I pick up drinking again, like I can party all night again when I go somewhere and like, yeah. yes, I'll be fine, but I'll have the best time or I'll yeah. have the worst time. But like recently uh-huh. at Super Bowl, I went in thinking like, even though I don't look the way that I want to look, I'm going to feel the best I've ever felt. I'm going to wear things that I want to wear just because I want to wear them. I'm going to feel yeah. confident and I'm not going to care. And I truly have never had more compliments from other women literally in my life. Like yeah. I would just tell anyone that I saw, I was like, you look beautiful. Or like, I love your yeah. this. And like, I genuinely yeah. did. Like I wasn't just saying it to get a return compliment. Yeah, because it's about it. vibration. And it's all about vibration. And it was That's amazing. Why. Like my husband was yeah. even like, geez, like maybe we need to move here. This seems to be your place. Like joking around with me. But I met so many people randomly that I just like had a really quick, like it's almost like our hearts just high five each other real quick. As yeah. Passing. And like, I love that. But it was amazing to like, and there were a few people where I was just like, wow, she is so beautiful. And then they yeah. have to be walking in front of me later. And I was like, I just have to tell her. And I said, like, yeah. I absolutely love your outfit. And like, I actually saw you earlier today and I thought you were so love beautiful, it. like, sorry to be weird or whatever, but I just had to tell you. And one person yeah. that I, I didn't do this to like a ton of people, but it happened just as we were walking into the Super Bowl stadium and she turned around and she said, I actually saw you leaving the bathroom and I thought you were so beautiful. Your hair looks great yeah. and your eyes are so pretty. And we were it's like, so awesome. We were like there in the crowd, just like having this connection. And I was like, yeah. wow. And it doesn't have to be about physical appearance, but the acknowledgement no. for me felt much bigger than just you have pretty yeah. eyes and your hair looks nice today. Like for right. me, I was like, this is yeah. a this is a recognition from my yeah. higher self of being able to a take a compliment and know that it's yeah. coming from their heart and yeah. B to not have needed it in the first place. Yeah. But I also want to point back to you, reflect back to you that you set up your vibrational intention before you even entered that experience. Uh-huh. Right. You had a moment where you're like, you know what? I am going to enjoy this and I am going to care more about how I feel in this experience than how I look. I'm going to set my old, you set up that vibrational intention before you even walked into the experience of the Super Bowl. So when you hear me or people that follow me on social media, hear me talk about vibrational alignment, that's the difference. You just explained it beautifully. It's like you set for yourself the vibration that you wanted to feel And then lo and behold, you experienced it. That's how we align with that which we want, right? And so oftentimes, even you had spoke about social media a little bit earlier and unfollowing people. Every single month, there's a couple of things here, but every single month, I literally am like, what am I seeking? Uh Like on social media, what am I seeking? Do I want just like funny videos? Do I feel like I need inspiration? Like, what am I seeking? Because when I start to feel this, and it's an addiction for all of us, all of us have this addiction. When I start to feel myself getting pulled into um, judgment, Uh right? If I start to judge someone or if I'm starting to feel pulled into comparison, which I don't feel that much anymore. But when when I do, I'm like, ooh, I literally am like, I need to clean my vibration. 
so I hide. I don't have to unfollow. I hide people. And then the next month, I might want something different. I feel like we have become really, really, um, we're becoming more and more aware around how social media is affecting our vibration. Uh And that next step is taking action on it. It doesn't mean you have to turn off or go away from social media. That's great if you can do that. But even just a couple of different steps, right? Like, what am I consuming? It's just like intuitive drinking, like you talked about. It's been a real long time now since I've drank because intuitively my body just kept telling me like, this isn't good for you. I would have a half a, a half a glass of wine and feel completely hung over the next day with just a half a glass of wine. And you, Anna Grace and I talked about this too. Yeah. The same has been for sugar and for caffeine going through waves. Alcohol has stayed out of my, like, I just don't even drink alcohol anymore. Not for any reason other than it doesn't feel good in my body. And I go through waves with caffeine and sugar, right? So my body can consume caffeine and sugar a little bit easier than it can consume alcohol for some reason right now. So I pay attention to that. And I feel like that's really a beautiful place to start. And it's not for everybody. Some people feel the opposite. Some people can, their bodies can handle alcohol and not maybe caffeine very well. Yeah. Right? It's but just again, about it comes back to in. the awareness of like yeah. being more aware of your body. And what I've found recently is that like, I had the best time at the Super Bowl with like the people that we were around drinking. And I primarily like drank just tequila, but I think mm-hmm. someone was telling me like tequila is one of the only alcohols that's like not a depressant. So that's why I choose to drink tequila. And I was like, you know, if I don't even know if that's true, but I'm with you. Like, let's just stick to this so that yeah. we don't experience whatever else. But then I do notice like at night, if I have like two glasses of wine and the kids are in bed and my husband's working and it's just me, by the time I'm getting into bed, I do feel like, man, this is not what I want to feel like. Yeah. But if I'm in a group setting, I feel differently. But one thing I want to ask you about group settings, because Mm -hmm. I intentionally tried to do like some visualization exercises so that I would say like my energy is in a beautiful bubble. No one else's energy can possibly get through my bubble, Yeah, but where appropriate, my energy will flow into others' bubbles that need like whatever I'm feeling that I can give at that moment in time. Yeah, But I actually Mm -hmm. feel like that really helped me through the weekend because those were the biggest crowds I've obviously been around like years yeah, especially at the Super Bowl at one moment in time, like I remember like almost the sound going out and looking around and thinking like, I've done it. Like I'm not getting downloads of yeah. other people's emotions. Like I genuinely was like almost searching for it for a second. And I was like, yeah, okay, I think I did it. Like I'm not feeling anything else other than what yeah. I am genuinely feeling. And it felt very, like, I felt like a real great sense of acknowledgement in that moment. Yeah. How do you protect your energy? Even after, I assume, like, when you do a medium reading or yeah, or do you have, like, tips for people that are just starting to learn that that's an option for them? Like, what is your practice yeah. and then what would you recommend for others? So my practice is pretty extensive before each and after each of my sessions, Um but I, so this would just be for me, but if you're just starting out, there's, there's another, I'm going to talk about some other things, but for me, I go into meditation. I call on my soul council, which is 
you know, a council of my guides and my angels and I call them in and there's a very specific um, ritual that I go through with them for my own protection to show me information about my client that's coming in and really to set up what I call sort of like the golden gate um, for our energy to me and my client, our energy to coexist, but not embody for each other. So coexist, but not embody. So I can um, intertwine with the other energy, but I'm not bringing it on. And so I pass that off to my soul council. Not everybody's connected to their soul council yet. So this, you know, I've been doing this now for 12 years for the public. So that's where I'm at with it now. Uh And just recently in the last year and a half, I've had to um, up that ritual uh, because my business is growing. So I see more clients. I'm involved in more things. I'm in the public eye more often. And so that's changed a little bit. And then at the end of a session, after somebody leaves, I do a reverse of that. And I also, um, use Palo Santo in my space. Mm. But if you are not in the energy field, if you're not, you know, somebody who does energy work, what you just explained is beautiful. Uh, Like starting to envision a golden bubble, um, that all my energy stays with me and their energy stays outside the bubble. I can still witness their energy if I choose to, but I say when that is possible, It doesn't just come in. I get to say, right? So you get to determine if you are open in the moment with the person that you're with or not. You have autonomy over that. The other thing that I tell everybody is, and we taught our son this since the time he was three years old, that if you walk into a space, even if you've already done an intention and you start to feel, you know, energy shifting or you start to feel dizzy or or super exhausted to put your hand over your belly button. That is your solar plexus. That's your energy in, energy out. This is where our energy comes in and out of our body if we were to see it like a light stream. So oftentimes, like if I go into like even a metaphysical store, I'll just cover my belly button. And that's just like a hack. It's almost like a hack, like a spiritual hack, like a very quick. Yeah. So just, I always tell people like, just play around with it, practice it you know, practice what that feels like. If you're starting to feel exhausted around people, just place your hand over your belly button and see if you feel a little bit more yourself. Um, And then always release that. Always at the end, if you leave a grocery store, if you leave your kid's school, if you leave clearly the Super Bowl, really being able to be like, I release from my body, from my area, any energy that's not mine. And I call all of my energy back to me. So it's really about setting intention um, and you, ha- it's like every other practice, right? You play around with it. You see what works for you and what doesn't. Um, and you only know that the more you use it. So you have to try it on to see what fits and what doesn't. I'm going to leave you with two things that you just made me think of. One that I just remembered talking about my angel numbers. I just remembered that at Super Bowl we were row 13, which is mine and my husband's number together. And we were yeah. tweets 11 and 12. Oh my God. Of course you were. <laughs> and so wild. When that just was crazy to me, but also what you were just saying made me think that the steps of like being, how do I describe this? I guess just like when you become aware of your intuitiveness and you're more mindful of energy, there are like three steps or phases. And to me, based on what you were just talking about and what we've talked about so far, it feels like the first step is awareness. The second step is intention, like whatever Mm -hmm. intention you're putting out there, like I'll guard my energy or 
I'm open to receiving X, Y, Z. And then the third is just acceptance. Like I accept what has happened or I accept what will come. And it's almost like acceptance slash trust. And those make me feel like the the guard. There's a fourth. And then there's a fourth, which is restoration, Mm. restorative practice. Because if you're becoming more and more aware and you're setting your intention and you're accepting, you also have to have a book end to that, right? So it's always awareness and restoration and the interior can change, right? A little bit, but you have to make sure that you're restoring because when we restore, then we're more able to be aware. So it really is a circle. It's a cycle. I love that. It, it's just yeah. like the ring that your mom gave you. It's like this cycle of you can tap into it when you yeah. need the protection and then you can tap yeah. out of it when you feel like yeah. I'm in the safe space. I, you know, I yep. feel like I'm okay on my own, but that's a beautiful tie in from the beginning of our conversation yeah. to the end. Yes. Yes. And also too, I think I said this to you, but I had a friend of mine years and years and years ago tell me this and it made so much sense that, you know, oftentimes it feels really, really good to dive in the deep, especially for those of us that love to analyze. We love synchronicities, but we have to make sure that we're swimming in the shallows sometimes too, because you can't go down deep if you don't come up to catch your breath. And so I always like to tell people, it's like, make sure that you're catching your breath every once in a while too, especially if you're in this space of awakening, right? It's like, it's amazing to listen to all the podcasts and follow all the people and read all the books or listen to all the books, but also make sure that you are spending some time in the shallows, right? Just enjoying life, just not learning necessarily, but just living. It's, it's such a beautiful cycle. We have to do both. And oftentimes I have to remind myself of that, right? Of like, it's so ingrained in me to analyze and to notice signs and to notice synchronicities that every once in a while I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, I need to just live a little bit yeah, (laughs) and like just move through, which is wild. But it's, you know, this is the thing is that oftentimes people will even listen to this podcast. You're talking to me as a business owner and as an intuitive clairvoyant. And oftentimes there's a myth that those that are being interviewed or those that are speaking don't make mistakes too. It's like, I mess this shit up all the time. <laughs> like, I'm not joking all the time. I, the, the amount of times that my husband and I look at each other and we're like, damn, parenting is hard. Yeah. Right. Like we're like, what? It does not matter how intuitive you are, how connected you are. Parenting throws it all out the window. Right? It's like, I, the amount of times I cry because I'm like, Oh my God, what do I do? It's here's the thing. We know that the more tools you learn, the faster potentially you can move through some of these things, but these things don't go away. Like the valleys and the peaks are still there. It's just, you're not hanging out in the valleys quite as long anymore when you have the tools Uh to help you move through them. And so I always like to remind people, it's like, no matter who it is that you love and you follow and you idolize, quote unquote, just make sure that you are reminding yourself that they also make mistakes and they also are learning 
just like everybody else, right? It's like we're, everybody is just doing the best they can. Uh But the more tools you learn, the more you practice, oftentimes the quicker you can move through those contractions so you can move into expansion. We need both, right? We need both. I feel like the tools are very much what I would call the coping mechanisms because I feel Mm -hmm. like we're not taught to cope. And like we're taught to deal with it and brush it under the rug or suck it up buttercup. But I think what, like for me, like, so I have been kind of being called that coaching might be a good path for me, but Uh I've been thinking a lot about like terminology that resonates with me and coping, I think is one of them because it's like, love it. Most of the the reason why people are even exploring self-help is because they haven't identified the proper way to cope with the situation scenario trauma or something so to your point like those tools become critical and yes you can be aware of them but it's much harder to practice them like with the kids or whomever when it's super close to you fill in the blank right have them it becomes a lot easier to ground yourself in them yeah and move through that process without the overwhelm that you might feel without it And so that's why I feel like a lot of my friends that are in this space of getting, you know, figuring out parenthood (laughs) are looking into self-help things because they're like, wow, there are a lot of things I'm realizing that I didn't deal with (laughs) or that I want my kids prepared for. Yeah. And it comes back down to trust, right? If we want our babies to trust themselves, we have to trust ourselves. They have to see the embodiment of that. They have to see the embodiment of that because kids are intuitive. Uh And so, you know, the best thing that we have ever done is to be able to not pretend like we trust ourselves, my husband and I, but be so open about like, how do I know that? Because I trust myself or why did I feel worried there? Because I wasn't trusting myself in that moment. Like giving language to it. So kids know that this is part of it, right? Part of um, being able to be safe, even in the moments where they're questioning. Like even when you're questioning, it's safe. It's okay not to know. It's okay if there's moments where you don't trust yourself. That's why we practice. That's why we learn our voice. That's why, you know, I always tell people, like I said, the best thing you can tell your kids is that I believe you. No matter what. I believe you like that is like a safety net and then you can move forward from there. Yeah. First, I want you to know that I believe you. Right. And if it's something that you don't believe, <laughs> if they tell you that they're sick and you know, for sure they're not still using the language. I want you to know, first of all, that I believe you that you don't feel well, because no matter what, if some, if a child is saying they don't, that they're sick, whether they say it's their tummy or not, something is off for them. Right. And so if we can reflect that back, girl, I could talk for hours about soul centered parenting. And I just got done saying like, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing either. So (laughs) I just know some of the things that have worked. Our son is now 13 and a half. So I can see some of the things that have transpired. It's just, it's a wild ride. It is a wild ride. But thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much. We could talk for hours. So much fun. And 
I feel like I've had a mini coaching session. <laughs> I've written down like all of your, with quotes, all the oh. things that I feel like you said that I'm like, that's a great quote. That's amazing. That's a great quote. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, well, I just appreciate you. And I'm just so grateful that you had me on and we could talk for hours, hours. Well, maybe there'll be a part two where we can dive into maybe the parenthood part because I feel like yes. that's a whole other can of worms. But again, thank you. I know we're kind of over. So I appreciate you making the space for me to share your experience. Thank you so, so much.